Shabbat Shalom. Today I want to talk about, go ahead and bring me down a little bit too hot. I've entitled this, Behind the War on Israel. On October 7th, during the joy-filled day of Shemini Atzeret, the eighth day, which occurred this year on a weekly Shabbat, a truly evil and demonized terror group invaded Israel and committed crimes that rival the unspeakable Holocaust perpetrated by Hitler and his demonized followers. This attack is not only directed at Israel and ultimately Jerusalem, but also every follower of the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Christ. It is an attack not only towards Israel, but an attack against Christians who are united with Israel. Therefore, we must unite and pray and support each other. Jews and Christians everywhere must unite, pray, and support one another. We are in this together, and the God of Israel will deliver Israel and destroy these evil workers of violence and bloodshed. Today we're going to explore a little bit about what this horror is all about and how we can help put an end to it. What they did to women, what they did to children, to toddlers, infants, I can't even repeat from the pulpit just, just because there's some young people here. It's too much. It's too much. Some of what they did, I think, would cause members of the SS in their day to blush. The world has never seen anything like this since the Holocaust. Who could do something like this, right? Why would they do this? What, what is behind this attack and this agenda to destroy Israel? This, of course, is the ongoing war. A war between good and evil, between light and darkness, the serpent and the creator. The war between his seed, and the seed of the woman. You see, those who did this were inspired by and filled with the spirit of the serpent. It's not the first time this has happened, nor will it be the last. We need context to understand what is going on in the world around us. We need to understand the background, the underlying spiritual backdrop to why things are the way they are in order to navigate through the times we're living in, to give hope to those around us. 
I want to say this as clearly as I can. The centrality of Israel, of Jerusalem, and the Jewish people. It is something that we must understand as peoples of faith. God says concerning Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people, they were, they are, they remain, and forever will be Amsegula, my treasured people. That is clearer throughout the Tanakh. That is clearer throughout the apostolic scriptures. The centrality of biblical faith is, in fact, Israel, Jerusalem, and the Jewish people. There is no way to get around that. When we look at the end of this present age and into the age to come, what do we see? At the end of all of it, in the consummation of what God's perfect will and plan is for all of humanity, again, Israel is central. Again, Jerusalem is the focal point. Again, the Jewish people lead the way. We see in the age to come a recreated, immortalized, glorified Jerusalem. Revelation 21, we see 12 gates around her walls with the names of what? The 12 tribes of Israel. There are 12 foundation stones with the names of the 12 Jewish apostles of the Jewish Lamb of God. For those, for whatever reason, are not in love with the Jewish people. You're not going to enjoy the age to come, nor the new heaven and earth. Because the center of it, again, is Israel, Jerusalem, the Jewish people, the Jewish Messiah, and the nations who were grafted in. It is a profoundly Jewish new heavens and new earth. Suffice it to say, Israel, her people, her God, are the center of biblical faith and history. So I want to jump into a Tanakh prophet who speaks about Israel at the end of the age. And there's not enough time to develop this, so I'll probably pick this up in the weeks ahead as we work through a couple chapters of this prophet's writings. But it gives us clarity and perspective for what is going on today and what ultimately is going to take place in the future. So turn with me to Zechariah, the 12th chapter. We'll begin there. Zechariah chapter one, or 12 and verse 1 states this, The burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. The burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Israel is a burdensome people, a burdensome nation for the nations. It's amazing how this tiny little strip of land about the size of Rhode Island, one-eighth the size of Colorado, reemerges in 1948, and all of the nations once again are trembling over her. How can that be? She's the people of God. She's his chosen people. 
And the nations are filled with envy and jealousy and spite, inflamed by the evil one who wants to destroy her. And so this Israel has become quite burdensome even in our day. The burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Verse 2, Thus declares the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples around. And when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah. I watched a number of videos of leaders around the world, I should say primarily in the Middle East, who are dizzy, looking like drunkards in their zeal and anger, calling for a day of rage, a holy jihad, a global jihad, starting yesterday calling on the nation surrounding Israel to join the battle now, calling for, for, for those who hate Israel around the globe to come to Israel now and join the battle to destroy her. The words of Zechariah ring loud today, louder than any time in history, and it's just the beginning. Verse 3, it will come about in that day that I will make... Well, let me, let me go back. It's not only against Jerusalem. And they make that point in the global call for jihad. It's all about Jerusalem, ultimately. They're going to move all the Jews out of the land, and they're going to take Jerusalem as their city for their God. And their God is not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Allah is the moon God. Pre-Arabic or pre-Islamic... Uh, uh, Arabic God, the moon God, is the God of violence, God of war. It says, when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah, in reference to the Jews, specifically the Jews in the land of Judea. It will come about in that day, verse 3, that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. This tiny little city, Jerusalem, right? Such a heavy, burdensome stone. And all who try to remove her from her place, end up being injured. You ever lift something too heavy and throw your back out and then end up in bed for a couple weeks? That's what's happening to the nations that are trying to move her out of her land. It'll happen to all the nations that try to do this. The serpent, he's seducing all the nations and trying to actually gather them against Jerusalem. And that day, declares the Lord, I will strike every horse with bewilderment and his rider with madness, but I'll watch over the house of Judah while I strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, a strong support for us are the inhabitants of Jerusalem through the Lord of hosts, their God. I'm going to talk about Jerusalem in the weeks to come. There's an earthly Jerusalem, but it's a type and shadow of the heavenly Jerusalem. And the heavenly Jerusalem is comprised of all of those who believe in the Messiah, 
it's speaking of enormous numbers of Christians that fell and are a part of the city, the heavenly city, Jerusalem. Paul says that's where our citizenship is. And it's that heavenly Jerusalem who stands with the earthly Jerusalem by her side in support of her. And that earthly Jerusalem, for all the Jews who do not believe in Jesus, will see this strong support and be encouraged by it and strengthened by it in the days to come. And that day I'll make the clans of Judah like a fire pot among pieces of wood and a flaming torch among sheaves so that they will consume on the right hand and on the left hand all the surrounding peoples. The enemy is going to seduce the nations. They're all going to surround Jerusalem, either the neighboring lands, we'll talk about that in weeks to come, or all the lands. Regardless, they're going to gather in the end against Jerusalem. And God's going to destroy the nations. And in this passage, in Zechariah's vision, God empowers his people to accomplish that task. They are triumphant and ultimately victorious in every sense of the word. The Lord will also save the tents of Judah first so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem will not be magnified above Judah. Verses 8 and 9, In that day the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the one who is feeble among them in that day will be like David. And the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. And in that day, I will set about to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. I don't want to rejoice in that. But it's something that the nations will have well-deserved. And when you think of the horrors committed against these people, civilians, women, children, infants, it is something that will have to be accomplished. It's an evil that will have to be uprooted. It is an evil that has to be removed for the sake of the Jews and the sake of humanity. Goes on to say, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. They will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. I believe because Christians stand with Israel, because the people of Jesus and the nations are going to rally around the people of Israel, the Jewish people, I believe there's coming a point in which their eyes are open. They're going to see that the one who has always been their champion, always been their savior, is of course the one that they crucified nearly 2,000 years ago. And they will weep bitterly over him. There will be a return, I believe, to Yeshua like the world has never seen among the Jewish people. They will weep with, for him and over him like, his, like Joseph's brothers wept over Joseph when they realized who Joseph was when he had become king of the world in Egypt. We'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead.
I'm going to make some concluding remarks and then we'll watch one more video. We're going to take up a special offering at the end of our service. We're going to send that to Jewish Colorado. It is the organization that oversees uh, Jewish interests by Jews, for Jews, in Colorado. And um, they have stepped forward and they have announced that every donation that comes in, they're going to match dollar for dollar up to $650,000. I think that's, I think that number's going to go up as well as far as what they're going to match, but this is where it started. And this is going to go, go to Israel's emergency fund. Uh, my understanding is, is this is not going to any weapons or, or to the military. It's actually going to the emergency services funds, the, the ones that are there to, to rescue and to uh, minister to and to treat uh, in terms of victims of this war. We'll do that in a few moments, but before we do, let me just make some concluding remarks. We are in a war between good and evil. It has just broken out on a level we have never seen in our lifetimes. This has not been seen since the Holocaust. This has all of the components to become global. Our prayer is that it doesn't. Our, our prayer is that God will intervene and that this thing will be, be, be somehow um, reconciled, stopped. Because if it isn't, it can certainly turn into a global event. Evil is consumed with the hatred of Israel, Jerusalem, and the Jewish people and Christians who are aligned with her and her God. Evil has you in its sights. What's been done to Israel has been done to you. You're grafted in as believers in Jesus. You're part of the family of God. The firstborn is Israel. We're a part of that family. An attack against her is an attack against us. It's an attack against our God, our ways, the world that we live in. Our job is to take a personal stand for Israel and the Jewish people. It's not a time to hide. It's not a time to go into hiding. It's a time to come out of hiding and say, no, I stand with Israel. What's been done is inexcusable. I stand with Israel. Our job is to pray daily for her. I'm challenging all of us to pray daily for Israel. Every day when you get up, say a prayer for Israel. James 5.16 says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. If we knew how powerful our prayers were, we would pray a lot more. I'm telling you people, I'm telling you, there's a dynamic in prayer that moves the heart of God. And when God's heart is moved and he then intervenes, it's a game changer. Do not undermine the power of your prayers when coupled with faith and joined with others 
It can move mountains. That's our warfare. We don't have weapons like the world has. I'm not calling for anyone to go get guns and, and, and go join this battle. No, that's, that's for the militaries to take care of. And our nation is there with our military. Thank God. Israel's not alone. Our military, her military, they can take care of that business on a natural level. Our job as believers, as new creations in Messiah, is to take care of the spiritual battle that inflames behind the scenes what's going on in the natural. To pray and know that our prayers are making a difference. To remember that there is an underlying spiritual force behind those who hate Israel and the Jewish people. Second thing I want to ask you to do is to call on your elected officials in America to act now. You can go to our website, graftedin.com, and on the front page, under Support Israel Now, you can click on a link, and in one minute, I'm serious, I think I did mine in 30 seconds, you just put in your name, address, and zip code, and it has your elected officials automatically brought up and they have a sample uh, appeal to them to give Israel their support. You can write your own, but if you take the sample one, it's well-written. It's written uh, uh, by, I think, it, it's, a, it, it's a national Jewish organization that has done this. You, you can do that, click on that, and send that to your elected officials. You're the government. We are the government. They, they, they represent us, but... The government in the United States is you and me. Let's do our job. Let's do our civil job of letting our elected officials know that we have to support Israel. Please do that. Go home today. Do that. Don't put it off. Go home and do that. It takes 60 seconds. And then, of course, let your light continue to shine. Be the hope of those around you. Be a messenger of peace, of love, and hope, and healing to those around you. One person at a time right? People in your influence, your circle of influence are the ones that you can touch and make a difference in this world. And then, of course, invite people here where they can gather together and learn about the Jewish Messiah, his people Israel, and how he is grafting the Gentiles into her through his grace.